Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned, and the insights they have to share about the ever-evolving landscape of financial services. Hello and welcome to In Conversation With. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and in this episode, I'm joined by Ken Maxwell, Director at John Lamb Hill Aldridge. Um, so, Ken, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, could you give us a bit more of an introduction into yourself and how you got started in financial services? Yeah, hi, Kim. Uh, nice to be here today and thanks for having me. Um, so I'd originally started my career in wealth management and then moved over to, five, six years ago, moved over to uh, specialising in protection uh, for clients and typically for clients, uh, high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals who need protection, certainly in terms of preserving their, their wealth um, and as part of their planning for passing on to you know next generations, um, and I work with a company called John Lamb in Aldridge. Um, John Lamb started um, as an IFA about 60, 60 odd years ago, um, and a big part of that has been um, protection, so life insurance. Um, and we're based in London, and as I mentioned, that's what we we specialise in, in in dealing with. Um, protection policies typically to to assist or provide liquidity for inheritance tax for these sort of clients, which is a big uh, a big concern for for a number of, of clients. Okay, so talking about those clients, um, so can you highlight the unique risks that high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals face compared to like the general population when it comes to their protection? Sure. Um, I think I think for for these types of clients, it's it's more um, a matter of impact uh, for them. Certainly, in, in in terms of sort of inheritance tax, uh, it's much more of a factor for the high net worth and ultra high net worth clients as it is for you know general population, um, and that's you know a factor due to the size of their wealth, um, mm-hmm. and also due to the fact that. You know the the nil rate band that of you know three hundred twenty five thousand that we all have available, which would not be subject to inheritance tax, um, and also our residential nil rate band of one hundred seventy five thousand. So if you had a, a married couple or civil partnership, you would you know you have up to about a million pounds, where really IHT is not a, a factor. But for a number of these clients, you know their net assets are you know significantly higher. Um, than this this amount, and you know the Milrit band has been you know frozen for a number of years, and uh, looks like it will continue to be frozen for for several more to come. Um, mm-hmm. And I think therefore you know a lot of these clients are looking at the impact that that those taxes are going to have on their their wealth and passing it on to the next generation. Um, and it it really comes down to a matter of liquidity. Um, so, 
you know, especially for a particular type of client, say the, the sort of landed estate type of client, um, you know, their main sort of focus is passing on the estate intact to the next generation. Um, and therefore, they have a big issue with inheritance tax where on death there would be, you know, a 40% charge on, on parts of their assets or parts of their estate. Uh, and therefore, they're focused on providing liquidity to pay that tax, um, which is, is where we deal with these clients on a number of occasions by placing a life insurance policy, um, which would provide the, the funds to pay that tax on death. So I think it's, yeah, it comes down to the fact that tax for these type of clients is, 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 a, is a higher impact on, on the estate and therefore it needs to be, you know, quite a focus for them. And, and it is a focus. Yeah. And what are some common misconceptions that you come across um, when it comes to wealth protection? Uh, good question. Um, what, one I've come across a few times is a lack of understanding in regards to gifting assets and there being a, a seven-year tail for inheritance tax on those gifts. So a couple of, you know, quite a few times actually, whereby certain uh, people have thought that their plan is just to gift their assets, you know, a week before they die, um, <laughs> and then that solves the problem because it's out of their estates. Um, and, and it's not, you know, there is a, a seven-year tail for inheritance tax post that gift, and <laughs> therefore, you know, that doesn't work. And it's it's obviously just you know, making that clear and making, you know, yeah. people understand that, that that isn't a solution. Gifting is, yeah. is a very good solution for, you know, for dealing with potential yeah. tax at the IHT. Um, but it needs to be done either yeah. early on or maybe ensure those seven years yeah. with, you know, through life insurance, you can ensure that that seven year so you can manage yeah. the risk and then therefore it's still effective. But, you know, typically, yeah. and also having said that, you know, gifting if if you if yeah. you're close to death, shall we say, um, you know that also yeah. write, writes off the idea of life insurance because, as you can probably imagine, yeah. not not too many life insurers are keen to to take a risk if they know yeah. someone's close to death. So yeah, um, so yeah, I would say that's certainly a misconception yeah. that I've come across a few times. Um, another another yeah. one would be um, gifts with reservations of benefit, yeah. particularly mm -hmm. when it comes to property. So, yeah. you know, that's where, you know, mum and dad or whoever is thinking yeah. they, they're gifting to the, you know, the, the children. Um, yeah. And typically what they would do is they would gift and they yeah. would have to say a house. Um, they would gift and if they wanted to continue to live yeah. there, they would have to pay not only if they gifted the assets yeah. to the children, but they also have to pay a market rent to the yeah. kids. So an actual market rent rather than, you know, just a, a low rent yeah. that they've come up between themselves. Um, and yeah. that also, that rent gets reviewed or has to be reviewed every three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's an awkward conversation yeah. when you ask mum and dad, sorry, you're now going to have to pay me a higher rent on the property yeah. you've already given me. Um, yeah. You know, that, that can be a bit tricky. Yeah. Um, so I certainly think, you know, there's, um, there's certain yeah. misconceptions around gift of reservation of benefit and also yeah. the you know the recipient that you know who's who's receiving that rent yeah. is gonna have to, there's tax on that as well as the recipient. They're gonna have to pay yeah. income tax. 
um, mm. on that. So there's other factors to take yeah. into um, to account. And you know, ultimately, with yeah. those sort of scenarios, you know, we would say life insurance is a, yeah. a much cheaper option, whereby you you can retain the the asset, yeah. um, and it's less likely to fail. You know, because life yeah. insurance will, will pay out um, on death and and cover the tax, yeah. so you can retain that. And also, I suppose with that as well is yeah. you've got to bear in mind that as you know the the donor yeah. or mum and dad get older, mm-hmm. they're going to need they're going to need money for care. Yeah. You know, yeah. care costs are you know very expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say staggering. Yeah, um, they are. So you yeah. know, you've got to take these factors into consideration when you're you're maybe doing you know gifting a property and paying a rent. You know, are you yeah. gonna, are you going to need that money and can you afford to pay increased rent yeah. to further down the line and what have you? So there's there's a few factors um, to play in there, and I think ultimately one of the biggest ones yeah. is that a, you know a number of people don't have a will. Yeah. You know, yeah, a will is probably your best and, and yeah. you know part of planning. That should be your first part of planning. You mm-hmm. know, make sure yeah. the assets are going where you want them to go and how you yeah. want them to be treated. So. You know, I think a lot of people yeah. don't see the importance of a will, and and I think that's a misconception. And I think they they really should as first first port of call, and and also yeah. making sure it's up to date. Um, mm. So, you know, the, yeah. so because things change over the years, and just making yeah. sure that's still relevant to what you you want um, to happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an awkward conversation to have. I think I tried to have it well I did have it with uh, both my parents they were they they talked to me about it when I was like in my mid-20s and then I didn't care because that felt like something that was so far in the future and then now I brought it up and both of them were like why do you care so much what are you trying to you know <laughs> they start to get a bit suspicious <laughs> yeah well I, was, I think I think it's I think when we're young we we don't have any dependents and maybe we're single mm-hmm. it's less of a less of a factor i suppose because you, you're you're not really thinking where does this money need to go um you, and well and, and unfortunately you tend to have less assets as well that you have to yeah. worry about um but you know as you get older if you do have any dependents or you have people you know reliant on you and you want to make sure that those assets go to the right places then it's important um yeah you know so yeah i would say a will is is a, you know really really key to, to part of the planning yeah definitely and how do you approach building a comprehensive protection strategies that address both financial and personal aspects of high net worth and ultra high net worth clients lives uh, well, we, when we as a company, John, we work. A lot, we work as really a part of the team, typically mm-hmm. uh, for clients. So they, our clients, will have you know their other professionals providing certain parts of advice for them. You know, whether it be their, their lawyers or, or their accountants. So we work as part of a team, and we work with those other professionals to get an overall picture of what you know what the client's situation is. And then mm-hmm. what they're therefore identifying their needs. Um, and as part of that, again, to reiterating what I said before, you know, a will is really important. Uh, and also making sure that certainly when it comes to again, like the inheritance tax, we would always look at, you know, making sure you've got the will, make sure the assets will pass or that the liability will trigger on second death. 
if you're a married couple or in a civil partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, that's when the tax is going to trigger. And then we would we would base uh, a protection policy around that. But really, it's one of the key parts that we will always do is, is discuss potential gifting mm-hmm. um, and and also a budget. Like, what is your budget for gifting? What can you afford to gift? Um, and what can you afford to spend if you're going to if you're going to protect yourself from the inheritance tax during this period? What can what's your budget uh, to to spend on life insurance, for example, to cover that? Um, and it might not actually be affordability. It's also what you want to spend on. You know, you, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you want to spend it uh, on mm-hmm. life insurance. So I think really discussing early on potential of gifts in the future, what mm-hmm. the budget is. And I think once you have that in place, you can then you can then put a strategy around that because then you can say, well, the, the estate, there's certain parts of your estate that will always be, you're going to hold on till death. So maybe ensure those, but we can then, you know, we know that you're going to give certain amounts prior to that. So we don't need to ensure the whole amount. Um, but I think, you know, we keep, we keep very close contact with their other advisors, which, is really helpful to give to give an overall best strategy for the client. So we, we keep in contact with everyone so we know what, what the plan is, how the relationship of the client and their family is made up, um, and you know who's who's likely to inherit what assets, etc. So it's really just about you know speaking to the clients at the beginning and discussing what what are their what are their objectives mm-hmm. and then also identify the liabilities and, and trying to match those up together. So, you know, we we have, you know, clients who have several different types of policies to protect different aspects of their, their lives when it comes to tax, which is, is really what we do. Yeah. Having a cohesive network is obviously very important. It makes our lives a lot easier. And and in, in the end of the day, it's, it's much better for the clients if we're all, if we're all talking, um, certainly. Yeah. Um, so you've talked about some of the strategies that you have in place, but are there other, any others that you would recommend for safeguarding physical assets like real estate or any other valuables? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, firstly, I think first these, this type of client, I'll try network client, having a good insurance program in place. And I don't mean life insurance, I mean sort of general insurance for theft and damage especially when you know if you're talking about you know art collections and and property you know property and art collections having a good insurance program in place to protect against those those possibilities is very important especially if the the value of these assets is significant um Mm -hmm. we we don't do general insurance but um i would say it's a very important factor and a lot of our clients will have that in place um wisely so um and and even things such as having very good alarm systems on their properties, you know, for, yeah. you know, for art collections. Um, and especially if they, yeah. you know, if clients have, you know, really nice art collections, which yeah. they do, they might want to actually see the art and enjoy <laughs> it rather than yeah. have it in the vault or have it in a bank or, or say, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. So it's nice to be able to actually enjoy yeah. it in your home then mm-hmm. you know, and, and insure it. Um, then yeah. we've got, We've got a particular client that, um, you know, 
they have, I think, they're quite, quite a nice art collection. And the insurers, the general insurers, insists as part of the, the insurance program, they insist that there must be one a person on the property at all times. Um, wow. So if if it's if it's left unmanned completely, uh, I'm not saying that's a security guard. I'm just saying there must be a person in the property. Um, then you know it would it would default. So you know there's you know for the type of clients that we're talking about today, then you know certainly get a good insurance program. Um, but and then really for if you're safeguarding against tax again, you know for certainly for real estate, it's mm-hmm. a good you know life insurance policy um yeah. and that's you know it doesn't matter if the property you know if the property yeah. in the uk if, if it is property in the uk whether it's art or whether it's yeah. real estate it, you know it doesn't actually matter um there will always be it will always be chargeable for inheritance tax if mm-hmm. uh, if it's a uk scientist asset yeah. regardless of whether the client's non-res or non-dom you know yeah. even if they're abroad if they're uk scientist assets there will still be a liability yeah. for inheritance tax on those assets. And especially if, say, you know, always just yeah. using art collection as a complete example, um, although it's more yeah. movable, uh, art rather than a house, um, mm-hmm. you know, if it is in, based in the UK, their, their property in the UK, then, you know, for that protection, yeah. you know, for tax, then you would look at life insurance, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And we're also in quite an advanced digital age things are constantly changing and we're constantly online um so i can imagine it's the same for some of your clients as well is cybersecurity something that you take very seriously or how are you utilizing that to benefit your clients we yeah i mean we take cybersecurity very you know, carefully. Um, we mm-hmm. take all the. I, mean, I have to admit, this is probably out of my remit. <laughs> but what I what I do, especially, I know we as a company take all the um, all the precautions, all the usual process and steps and safeguarding in terms of systems for for financial information um, or any information really. Like you know, not many many companies do it or at least should do. Um, it's always a concern, and I think it's a growing concern. And you know. All you can do is keep putting in as many steps as possible to, to protect yourself from those issues. And same for clients. Um, and I think, you know, if they're if they're worried about, you know, sensitive financial information for themselves or, you know, as you say, any cybersecurity, I would always say for these types of clients, do your best to avoid social media. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't have yourself out there on you know, all the, the various sources, Facebook and Instagram and uh, yeah. uh, X now, I think it is. Rather than yes. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to, try to avoid those if possible. Um, yeah. And also just always worth, you know, having, um, you know, hopefully it's never needed, but always worth just having a good reputational yeah. work or reputational work just in case anything goes wrong or, you know, something's leaked that you didn't want it to be leaked or, or whatever it may be. It's yeah. always worth having a good reputation lawyer there to handle um, any issues that may come, which we obviously always hope never do, uh, you know, even if it's, it's not. So, yeah, it's 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 an area that's not, uh, I'm not particularly experienced in, yeah. but it's obviously a concern for people and understandably so. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is very good advice anyway. Um, so I think it makes sense to me. And 
I guess my next question is what role does insurance play in wealth protection strategies? And could you share some examples of solutions that you have tailored to high net worth and ultra high net worth clients? Sure. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, insurance provides, as I sort of touched on, it provides the cash flow to pay the tax when it when it arises, you know, for inheritance tax. Um, and, you know, for, you may, clients may have a, a short-term issue, medium-term issue, long-term issue, d- depends. And and those timeframes can, they differ uh, or depend on, on different clients. And I suppose, you know, on age, ultimately, you know, if you're a 30-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, short, medium-term, probably short-term 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. you're up to 60, if you're a 75-year-old, seven yeah. years is, is short term, you know, because, yeah. you know, that's yeah. certain aspect in your age. So I think it, it's, yeah. as I say, the, the tax is to, to pay the tax, oh, the, the, the insurance yeah. is to pay the tax on, on death and provide the liquidity. And to give you, yeah. to give you some idea or an idea of a couple of, you know, case or, or yeah. more ideas of clients that we've looked at or might see, um, yeah. there's, you know, where we have, Mum and dad live in a house, or a nice, you know, quite a large house, and the plan is to gift it on to their son or daughter. Um, but you know, the son or daughter is only in their early to mid twenties, um, and the, the plan has been made and agreed with mum and dad that they will move out of the property and gift to to their child in ten years' time. Uh, and that's that's the game plan. The, the the child will be that much older, and also the, the child probably doesn't want to live in a you know a country pile um, somewhere at that age. They want to be <laughs> somewhere closer to the activity. So yeah, um, the what we did in that particular case is we've put in place a a seventeen year term uh, policy. So essentially, it was a ten year term to cover the liability as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. On death there, uh, and then then seven years. So when they gift in ten years' time, then we put in place a seven-year tapering policy. So we can match as the liability for inheritance tax post the gift starts to fall away after year three. We can match that with the policy, so it will start to reduce as as the tax reduces. So therefore, the cost of the insurance reduces also with the premium, and also it makes much more sense in terms of cost-wise to insure now mm-hmm. rather than in 10 years time when you're actually making a gift because the liability exists right now. So insure now for the next 10 years and, and actually then you've got a seven year tapering policy bolted on to the end to cover to cover the gift. So whilst mum or dad are young, um, you know, that that that's we did that policy and that's worked out really cost effectively for the client. And also when they're when mum or dad are young and healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or youngish, as we say. Um, so that worked out really well. Um, we see we see quite a lot of where uh, maybe stepmom is having to yeah. gift to you know stepmom's being well basically being forced to gift. You know, in, in this particular case, it was in excess of five million pounds that stepmom was having to gift um, to to a stepdaughter following mm-hmm. dad's death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everyone really wanted that seven-year 
uh, seven-year policy in place. The trustees and, you know, the life short, what have you, um, you know, certainly the trustees wanted, because they were appointing assets away from a trust to the stepdaughter as part of this gift, um, mm-hmm. and they wanted the, the policy to pay, to cover the tax, as ultimately it would, it would fall back on the trustees if stepmom had died during those seven years without the cover. I mean, they do have... They would, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, but they would have essentially rights of recovery yeah. against the, the beneficiary um, or against the estate. But yeah. easier said than done if if stepdaughter's already spent the money. Uh, mm. <laughs> much safer option just yeah. to ensure and make sure if, if it does happen that the money's there to pay the tax. So yeah. seen that a couple of times uh, where it's, you know, yeah. stepmom's gifting to stepson or stepdaughter or both. Um, yeah. Or, or even uh, one, you know, in some cases to to the mistress, yeah. even. Um, yeah. So it's being forced to give to the mistress, and again, yeah. the trustees want to make sure that that tax is covered in case anything happens um, over the seven years. So I've seen seen that, and it, it's difficult. Yeah. But those sort of scenarios are quite difficult because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. stepmom's not really wanting to have to go through this and gift away, but. Yeah sort of being forced to do so so you know with those particular cases it's just how you've got to handle them sensitively um and and just keep communicating with with all parties to make sure it it goes as as best as these things can yeah Um, and i I think uh there was there was another one that's quite interesting whereby a client was uh moving offshore okay uh, and he had shares in a property company which Mm -hmm. was making a gift to um, his child, um, quite a significant amount uh, of, of shares in this company. Mm-hmm. And he was moving offshore because he, what he wanted to do is pay, pay quite a significant dividend, which he could do pretty much tax-free mm-hmm. from a different jurisdiction and continue on and, and planning to live there, you know, for the foreseeable. Um, so it's quite good tax planning by his advisors. But mm-hmm. um, the, the gift of the UK Citus Assets um, were would still be chargeable over those seven years, um, so we we ensure those those seven years. But it's understanding why it's understanding again with these other professionals what he's doing and, and why and then mm-hmm. why there's a liability. Because the other thing with the insurers, life insurers, insurance providers, that they 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 want a, an insurable interest. I they, they, there has to be a potential loss. From, from that, you know, if that dad or mum gifts the amount and they die within the seven years, then there's an inheritance tax trigger. So mm-hmm. they, they would they would they would offer cover on that basis rather than you know Ken decides that he wants ten million of cover, but Ken actually doesn't have any assets and uh, you know his income doesn't justify that level of cover. That that they won't they won't cover. So you know mm-hmm. it, it's understanding where the risk is and you know again communicating with their other advisors as to what their plans are because that was you know timing that correctly was you know was important so so yeah a few a few areas where we've we've looked at and there's a a whole host of them and um you know it's interesting for us as well because it's it's trying to think about you know how you can design the policies to fit their needs because there's you know there might be a lot of moving parts to their life often are moving parts of their lives so it's working out uh, you know a program that that works best for them yeah and touching back on those family dynamics i find it so interesting i think the only um thing that i've seen that talks about 
the or shows the potential dynamics for high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals was succession um, which i guess is accurately named because it was all about succession planning even though spoiler in the end he didn't really um actually um really plan uh again going back to that will conversation very important uh but even that character didn't have that in plan so i imagine there's a lot of guidance that you try and provide to these clients so what strategies do you give those clients or how do you talk to those clients about how they can then talk to their families yeah i think uh You've just spoiled that game because I'm only in season one of Succession. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm a bit behind the curve on that. I'm only just starting to get through it, but it's very good. Um, it is so good, honestly. I don't think I told you the character, but yeah. I knew you did. Thanks for um, I think, look, I think like anything with this is the key element is getting a, the serious buy-in from patriarch or patriarch. You know, mm-hmm. whoever whoever has the wealth mm-hmm. until until they are convinced as to what they want to do, mm-hmm. um, there's you, you have you can make no plan. You know, because you need to have them on you know decided on what they want to do, um, and without that, it's very difficult to move further forward. Once they have decided. Or come to an agreement or pretty sure they know what they want to do then you get everyone else involved you know children to, to talk you know so they know what's happening um and they they know that they can then plan and and that's to be honest with you that's the key um key factor is is com- getting everyone to talk you know, mm-hmm. communication everyone communicating rather than the children not actually having a clue as to what's going on if you can get everyone in the same conversation then that's that's going to be the most effective for for guiding them through that but i think as as maybe succession i don't know but i think with that from even the the first you know uh series you know the the main character where is is pretty much where the wealth sits as far as Mm -hmm. i can tell so far um and you know, once until they have decided what they're going to do, and if you can get them to sit down and actually get them all in the same room to communicate and continue to communicate dialogue, then that's that's your most effective tool. And then you can plan around that, whatever it may be. You can then make a plan and advise them on areas that they need to to discuss. I mean, family governance is you know, it's fast growing space in the professional world, and and it's evolving as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not really an area we we focus on uh, at all. But you know, there's a big market out there for professionals who are who are advising on that and helping clients with their family governments uh, governance and, and going through the you know the evolving cycle with that because it does change. But I think it's 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 pretty crucial um, to get the best result for families. Um, you know, so everyone is you know, there's no disappointments or well there could always be disappointments um but at least no real shocks at the end um and then you know you sometimes see these legal battles uh you know in papers where you know, brother and sister one of them's inherited it all and the other one's now suing them because 
they convinced them to change their will. I mean, who knows? But yeah, know, I think if, if everyone knew where they stood uh, earlier on, um, then that, that can only benefit the, the, the clients and the family. Okay. Yeah, I think you covered, I was also going to ask about estate disputes, but I guess like you covered that and communication, I guess, is the main key. Are there any other steps that people can take to make the process much smoother? Well, make sure, yeah, I mean, have have your advice, select your advisors around you carefully, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure you've got the right advisors um, to handle different parts of you know, your, your planning and your estate um, and keep them, you know, keep them in the loop as to what, you know, what you want and, and what you're doing. Um, but outside of that, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what we're doing, we're just really, we communicate with the clients and the other advisors to put in place, you know, protection for, you know, as part of their planning, we'll, we'll, do, we'll put in the protection as that, that element to it. But, um, mm-hmm. You know, outside of that, really, from from my experience with these clients, is just getting them to to talk and 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 focus on focus as early as possible um, because they've got you know these clients have busy lives um, yeah and you know this this isn't you know they probably don't really want to spend too much time um, not all some some will but not all want to spend too much time looking at the planning on, on something that maybe years and years down the line. Um, but I think the earlier they, they do it, the better, um, which which can only help, help with with a smoother process. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the financial landscape and regulatory environment are constantly changing. So how do you ensure that your wealth protection strategies stay relevant and effective over time? Yeah. So well, we we as advisors. Um, we remain up to date and relevant in terms of we we do continuing um, CPD, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we're constantly doing our CPD each year, continual professional development um, update on topics and exams. At, you know, each year um, a certain amount of hours that as, as as a bare minimum. You know, going to a number of seminars, tax seminars, what have you, with hosted by other professionals outside of what we necessarily do on life insurance um, to know what, what's what's happening out there in the wider market, you know, hearing from the regulators themselves, you know, as to any changes there. And we, as I mentioned, we work very closely with the other professionals, the lawyers and accountants, bankers. So we hear and we see that what they're doing with clients and we speak to them about their, their strategies. So that really helps us to you know, hear of anything kind of new that that, that people are doing with their planning. Um, and, you know, we can make sure that we're, we're sort of up to date on, on, on changes. Um, and as well, certainly for, our, for what we do specifically, we run a, a renewal and valuations service. So, mm-hmm. so we, you know, each year we will contact the client um, and offer them a review of their existing policies. Um, We'll always say to clients if things change materially, then do let us know um, because either their assets have increased significantly, therefore they have a, a larger liability they might want to insure, or their assets have decreased, um, in which case they've had a lot of nice holidays and um, you know their their liability may be less. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we'll also we'll run that renewal service and, and valuations 
to make sure that clients know what they've got in place to cover tax um, with life insurance and also whether there's anything possibly better out there in the market that they should we you know we could replace that policy with you know yeah the market does change in life insurance not very fast i must say uh <laughs> you know it, you know products you know policies can change um with certain insurers so we keep up to date on those um with with constantly speaking to the insurance providers hearing what's happening in the market and then you know speaking to other professionals in the wider market and um, and attending seminars so yeah that's how we we keep up to date yeah and i know that you said things move slowly with life insurance in particular but are there any emerging trends that or challenges that you foresee happening um emerging trends well i mean i think we we do see we are seeing and we have seen a lot of gifting you know gifting assets and we do see that regularly so certainly clients are are you know aware of that um and challenges i mean the, the difficulty certainly for us is you know we're focused on tax um and you can only you can only put in place a plan for what is there in front of you so you can see it as the current say the current tax environment or if the tax rules change mm-hmm. you know inheritance tax you know if that got abolished there, there might be some other tax that comes in to replace it um depending on the government in power um but it's it's just adapting to what you you know to, to those changes and, and staying active really um so you know you do it it's a constant <laughs> unfortunately it's a constant process it's a continuing process mm-hmm. uh, whereby just because you've done something now it doesn't mean that things can't change in 10 years time and you, you need to revisit it. So again, it's just keeping in touch with your advisors, uh, whoever they may be, to make sure that you know your what you have in place is still accurate. Really. Yeah. yeah. And finally, what advice would you offer to high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals who are seeking to enhance their wealth protection strategies? <laughs> uh, that's a simple one. Uh, get advice. Yeah, I really would recommend getting good advice and and accept that accept the fact that you're going to have to pay them probably lots probably lots of money, but you know, <laughs> just accept the fact that you're gonna you're gonna pay for the advice, but it will save you inevitably it will save you significant amounts of money in the long run rather mm-hmm. than rather than not paying for the advice. Uh, yeah, pay for those whether it's. You know, whether it's your accountant, your lawyer, your banker, whoever it is, pay, mm-hmm. pay, for, pay for the advice and, and find good advisors, you know, mm-hmm. around you and and, um, and and stay in contact with them. That's the, the best. And, and let them know of any changes or, or any thoughts of what you're, you're planning to do. You know, um, I think a lot of clients and possibly a lot of uh, lawyers would, would argue that, you know, clients who maybe are, are coming to the UK from offshore. Um, yeah. Will often contact them after they're already here, um, rather than saying this is the plan and therefore giving the advisor the time to put certain steps in place, which would make it, you know, less costly for the, yeah. for the client. Um, so, you know, speak to advisors if you have thoughts about, you know, future plans and moves. You know, 
communicate with them. But yeah, have good advisors around you because it is worth it, even though it might cost in the in the short term, it will save in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd rather pay a little bit now rather than have to have some astronomical thing happen later on and be kicking myself. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Ken. That was a very interesting conversation. No, pleasure, Kim. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I didn't bore you too much with some of the topics. But uh, I find it fascinating. Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition, Money Marketing Magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.